0: Get ready, it's time for motorsports madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman.
1: This is where it's time to talk and Jacob gets a different view of things for oh about the next hour and however long we do this because I get to p- punch buttons and produce. That means Tom, guess what? What? If, if if I don't like something you're saying, I have a magic button over here tonight and I can make you stop saying. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, but you won't. <laughs>
2: Because you know well, I would come over there, and then there'd be all kinds of trouble.
1: Yeah, something like that. Anyway, madness. This is why we have fun here. So two hours of conversation. Anybody who hasn't noticed, we have a Kaz Gralla in the chair. Yes. He's back.
2: Yes. It's been a little while. It's especially since he's been in the studio.
1: Yes. No, it's been quite a while. So we're glad to have you back
3: in the chair, Kaz. Say hi to everybody. Yeah, excited to be here. Y'all have a nice setup.
1: Yeah, yeah we've
2: with we trying. Cameras looking the at us time. now and uh, the whole nine yards. Love so. it. You know, just uh, it's it's a it's a fun time. We have a good time here.
1: Yes, and I, I promise I, I'm not ignoring Chris over there to Tom's left, who's in the chair that I'm normally in. Keep it warm for me, Chris, if you would.
2: Chris Murdoch is playing the part of Jacob Seelman tonight, while Jacob Seelman is playing the part of Randy Miller. There who's not a, here? There will be a quiz <laughs> on this later.
1: Something like
4: a that. Quiz? Yes. I don't. Quiz. Pa- I don't pass quizzes. <laughs> well, you're gonna
2: fail. Well.
1: Eh. None of us were ever very good in school. I guess that's why we ended up here, right? Well,
2: (laughs) uh, speak for yourself. I don't resemble that remark.
1: I was actually—I was actually actually a very good student (laughs) in school.
4: I'm kidding. What happened?
1: I graduated. (laughs) On that note, we have a lot to talk about tonight, not the least of which was Kaz's recent announcement that he is joining Richard Childress Racing for a partial schedule in the number 21 Chevrolet Camaro this season. We will talk all about that coming up as this show continues. We've got Kaz for the first portion of the show. We're also going to talk... Some about the newest entrant into the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500 with co owner of Quawson Marshall Racing, Tim Clawson, who's joining us later on in the program via the strutmasters.com hotline to talk about Pippa Mann coming over to drive the 39 car at the 500 this year. A lot of fun things in that announcement to unpack that we will get to in a little bit. And of course, there's this little Las Vegas thing that's going on this weekend that we're going to check about two coming up in this program but right now we need to do a little business with america so we're going to step aside and when we return we'll get to kaz and we'll get to all sorts of fun stuff this is motorsports madness powered by my
5: computer career.edu. we'll be right back That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meinicke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. I'm Kaz Grollin. You're listening to
3: Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. <laughs>
1: Kaz just gave me a funny look. It almost it might have been better if I just asked him to do it live. That might have been I, entertaining. I
2: didn't know Kaz was a ventriloquist. That's a new <laughs> skill we just figured out figured out.
1: See see when, when we have the drivers that do them in the studio, we can throw them off like that. And it's right. fun and yeah, it's it entertaining for at least us. Ka, see Kaz is a good sport, so. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: Anyway, welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, Jacob Seelman. Producing, punching buttons, keeping the rest of these hooligans in line. Tom Baker is on the other side of my proverbial glass alongside Chris Murdoch and the aforementioned and uh, guy you just heard from in the recording, Kaz Gralla, who uh, had some fun news that I think we can just jump right into and, and talk about because I know you've been excited the last two weeks. I saw you at Daytona and Atlanta, and I don't think you've stopped smiling since the announcement. Uh, Part-time ride for Richard Childers Racing in the number twenty-one is not a full schedule, but it's races that you told us you feel like you can go out and win. And I know for you in the situation you're in right now, that's a
3: big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is going to be a big year for me. This is a lot different than than what I had last year, uh, which of course was supposed to be a full-time season, but kind of ended up getting cut short due to health problems with the owner. Yeah. Um, and then we spun it into a family-run program that that lasted part-time for the remainder of the season so last year was a much different situation this year I know I'm only part-time so I can go into these races with that mentality knowing that it's all about the finish it's all about this weekend right here right now there's no points to worry about no championship standings it's all about this race and I'm going to be in a pretty good car. That, that 21 car over at RCR wow. is a fantastic ride. Uh, so I know that they're going to unload with plenty of speed and close on handling. And so we're going to be just working on uh, bits and pieces, just tweaking it here and there. And that's a really good feeling as a driver, knowing that you're going to show up with an already ironed out, problem-free, hopefully, usually, <laughs> Uh <laughs> Weekend, So so that really uh, is very exciting to me. And I, I feel like we'll be able to go out there and contend not only in the top 10 this year, but I think with this opportunity in the top five and race for wins. So that's all you can ask for as a driver.
2: Well, I think there's sort of two things about this that are cool. You know, if you think back to last year, you obviously started with one team. And then, as you say, you know, the owner had some health problems. And you were able to, within like 10 days, basically build a team um and go out there with Tony Uri and you know some other folks and and run a number of races out of your own shop and do the family thing and you really parlayed that into quite a story I mean that was I think from a branding standpoint that really kind of put you on the map because everybody was paying attention to this now you get to take that next step up and focus solely on going out and driving the car and running for again another family iconic family team in Richard Childress. It's just been a nice step up for you, even though you're still only part time the races that you're running this year, you got nothing to worry about but uh holding the steering wheel.
3: Exactly, and, and last year was a, a huge reason why I'm able to have this opportunity. I mean, you're right. The beginning of the season, the first 10 races, they went all right. I had some runs, some pretty good ones. But then when we started Fury Race Cars uh, and, and kind of built that team up from nothing is definitely the, the turning point yeah. of my season. And uh, it, it worked out really well for me. I mean, I raced the 21 car, and the 3 car out of the Richard Childress stables for the win at Michigan. And I think that race in particular is probably what uh, caught their eye and kind of put me on their map, at least, on their radar. Um, and that's a huge part of, of why I've got the opportunity that I have this year. So uh, I'm super excited about it. And, yes, it's a, it's a family-run team. But I can confirm for you, walking through the shop, seeing what they have, they have a little bit more floor space than Fury Race cars. <laughs> A couple more employees. It's a slightly different family-owned team, uh, but but definitely a family environment over there, which is you awesome. You've got some
2: cool-looking cars at Fury, though. Yeah.
3: So well, we do, yeah. We've got some varieties. great people, too. Yes. We just only happen to have like about 1% as many. <laughs> <laughs> They're equally as good. Yeah.
4: So how much time have you spent at RCR? Have you been able to, to you meet the guys you're going to be working with and kind of <clears throat> meet all of them and get to know them a little bit?
3: Yeah, pretty much since uh, since the deal came together and since we announced it at Daytona, I've been there just about every day. I uh, actually was just there today Um, I worked out I've been meeting with their trainer over there and and getting to know their coach so that's been uh, a great experience so far but today I got to run on the RCR simulator for the first time that's what was that like that was pretty exciting it's it's unbelievable actually they've got it really finely tuned and it's it's amazing how well they can apply changes on the simulator to what actually uh, feels correctly in real life I mean not only can you dial the handling in I mean it's even got accurate lap times I mean you can make a change mm-hmm. and say this is literally exactly half a tenth quicker wow. and wow. obviously I haven't been able to confirm it on track yet but yeah. according to them it pretty much correlates perfectly to real life so I think that's really exciting and I've got a weekly time slot on there and Lucky me. They've got some drivers staying over on the West Coast the next couple and, and of that's weeks, gonna, so I might go. be able to slide in a few more times.
4: That's going to be super beneficial for a driver like you in, in your situation for you know, doing the part-time deal. You don't get to get in the car and kind of feel it out throughout the whole season. That's going to be real beneficial for you.
3: Yeah, it's going to be big for, for seat time and keeping me uh, sort of adapted to these race cars and not losing that feel because uh, with it being such a limited schedule, of course, like you mentioned, you just don't have the time on yeah. those race weeks weekends to come up to speed from scratch. By that time, the race is already over. (laughs) So it's like you got to be on pace quickly. And so, yeah, the simulator is definitely going to help. But also, I've got a limited number of times on the racetrack this year to impress the team, impress sponsors, impress the the world, basically. So what I can do at the shop is internally work to, to show them wh- what I can do in terms of commitment to training yep. and yeah. helping them with their program. I mean, uh, it's I'm not always driving the Xfinity cars on the simulator. I, I'm helping them with their cup program, too, and yeah. driving that because they, they like to keep those cars running 24-7 on mm-hmm. that simulator, constantly getting better. So Awesome. Uh, the the more of a team player I can be and the more I can help them, the better it'll, it'll be for me Absolutely. in the end. Awesome. So I'm, yep. I'm there every day.
1: How big is it for you, Kaz, to start at a track? You make your debut for RCR coming up at Texas in a few weeks at a track where you had experience and know a little bit of what to expect from your time
3: in the Xfinity car last year. Uh, I think that's huge, and uh, the the schedule that we're working on picking is kind of centered around mostly tracks that that I've been to, not only in trucks but in Xfinity too. I think that is a, a huge advantage um, having laps there. And Texas is is a great track to start for me because I had two truck races there and an Xfinity race. Mind you, the Xfinity race, I got caught up in a crash midway through, so that didn't really work out. You know, the the grass can be really (laughs) destructive (laughs) to a race car. Uh, So I I do have laps there, and actually both of the runs in the truck series for me there were were really successful. We we had great runs and great speed there. So it's a track I at least feel comfortable with, and I think Mm -hmm. that's as good a place as any to start. How how much input are you getting in the races that
1: you're – able that you're gonna be able to run with RCR this year
3: input in terms as far as
1: are are they letting
3: you kind of have a voice in which tracks you go to well luckily yes because the car itself is part-time not only me as the driver but the car is part-time it sounds like they're able to adapt the schedule for for me and for my sponsors as well to make sure that every partner is kind of getting exactly what they want in their target location so that's been great it's been it's been really good yeah
2: people don't realize how big that is and how much the sponsors actually do want you obviously to race where they're marketing tour where their headquarters are or whatever so that's good that you're able to do that
3: yeah a lot of sponsors have regional or certain locations where they're based in a certain area and sometimes timing as well if they're rebranding or they're going to be starting some new big launch uh, the timing of the race can can play a huge part in that as well so I know my my sponsors have been very excited about the opportunity to kind of pick and choose where and when they they'd like to be on the car
1: I'm Maybe smart enough to
3: guess that uh, there's a
1: possibility of Loudon, New Hampshire ending up on this part-time schedule because, I don't
3: know, you know, home area, you're kind of from there, perhaps— It's possible. We don't have the complete schedule nailed down yet, Um, so that's not one that is confirmed, but it's certainly one that that we've got circled that we can absolutely look to try to sell for for a sponsor and see if we can get out there.
1: I was going to say, I know know Kaz, and if he gets a chance to race in front of the home crowd, that's always a good day in itself. We're going to step aside. More Motorsports Madness still to come, so stick around, and we'll be back after this.
5: or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way
2: hms motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety hms serves the majority of monster energy nascar cup xfinity camping world truck indycar and imsa WeatherTech teams as well as countless scca and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout north america
1: Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, and Kaz Grala, our special guests for this portion of the program. And we've been talking... If you're just joining us, about Kaz having a part-time opportunity with Richard Childress Racing for the 2019 season, and we certainly hope, obviously, that that association will continue beyond this year. I'm, I'm, you mentioned the Michigan race as being what put you on RCR's radar, Kaz, but I'm curious when this actually started becoming a real conversation was it something that got started getting discussed before the end of last season or was it not till that sometime in the off season that you guys started
3: putting the pieces for this together it was during the off season because uh, through the end of last year and even into the off season we were really working on selling sponsorship thinking that we would continue with fury race cars in the 61 so Uh, we were shooting for trying to get full-season sponsorship, but obviously last year, with the challenges of starting a whole new race team from scratch, we spent most of the year working on our race cars, our on-track performance. We didn't get started looking for sponsorship until real late in the season when we had a little bit of extra time. So I just don't think we left ourselves enough time to get full-season sponsorship lined up for this year. But we got part-season sponsorship. The challenge is when you're running and operating your own race team in-house, you have a lot of overhead costs between shop space, payroll, actually having to buy the cars because we were working with Roush Fenway Racing last year with an alliance, uh, but obviously they closed their Xfinity program, so we had the option to purchase their cars, which would have been great if we had the the initial funding to do so if we had a full season sponsorship we would have been able to make that investment and go ahead with it but uh with a part season sponsorship i mean we would have spent almost all the sponsorship buying the cars and that wouldn't have actually gotten us to the racetrack or paid anybody's paycheck so so the per race cost for part-time season running it out of your own uh shop just goes through the roof so at that point you kind of step back and say all right so for our sponsors we want to deliver the best product and so we need to go to a race team that's already got people already has cars they've got the infrastructure uh and what better place to take it than richard children's racing i mean uh, yeah that'll make our partners happy (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Absolutely.
1: The history there, too, obviously, you, you know this, you're a, you're a student of the sport, is just so extensive. I mean, what, what does that mean to the kid from Massachusetts who you know, has grown up wanting to do this, and now all of a sudden you're part of one of the most historic and most deeply rooted teams in the
3: entire sport? Yeah, I mean it's it's unbelievable. It's crazy even just walking through the shop thinking like I'm actually going to have a race car in here that I'm going to get to drive. That's that's pretty wild. And I mean there's a lot of teams in the sport that are uh, that have long heritages and a lot of success and winning, but for me this one's extra special because I grew up driving the three car. I was going to ask I you always that because I drove, was trying to remember the
2: Bando and yeah, all that was three. Yeah.
3: My Bandolero, my Legend car was always number three. And, of course, for me, that was because it was my dad's number oh, in sports okay. cars, less so than Dale Earnhardt. But, of course, you're always paying attention to sure. the team in the Cup Series and the Xfinity mm-hmm. Series it's running your number and you always kind of hoped in the back of your mind like wow gosh I, I hope I get to drive for them someday like look at that car look how cool that is uh, and so now I'm actually getting to do that um, so it, it's the 21 car not the 3 car right. but it's the same yes. organization <laughs> you'll it's, walk
4: into the shop and see the 3 right. car
3: yeah I mean it's, it's certainly as close as you're going to get so yeah. that's, that's pretty pretty special for me for you
1: how big was having all the experience, even though it turned into part-time, that you did last year going into, you know, this year now and trying to use that to put yourself on the right foot. I imagine you feel a whole lot more ready for this opportunity than maybe you did coming straight out of the truck series a year ago.
3: Absolutely. I mean, sure, I I would have loved to have had this opportunity last year, but I I can't help but think I'm a whole lot more ready for it this year than I would have been last year. And I think uh, long term, that's that's going to end up paying off because there's enough to worry about when you're driving for a top team like this. And there's so many employees, so many people to work with so many resources, it's easy to get overwhelmed already. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. But especially if you're going into a series where you're unfamiliar with driving those cars, you don't know your competitors, you don't know really if you've got what it takes to move up to the next series. That's what every driver wonders. When they move from one series to the next, they think, well, well how am I going to do here? Let's. Well, we don't know until we find out. Now, with 22 races behind me last year in Xfinity, I've got an idea. I, I know the other drivers. I, I understand what it takes to race these cars and, and drive them. So I feel like uh, I'm ahead of the, the eight ball getting into the, the RCR car. So I, I've got a little bit of an idea what to expect. Of course, uh, stepping into a car of this caliber comes with new challenges, but there's a lot that, that I already have an idea about going into it. So that, that definitely helps relax me a little bit going into the debut. There's not quite as much new uh, out of this as it would have been last, last year.
2: Okay, so I want to ask you about a couple things because you and Justin Haley, do you still do you guys still share a, a, a space? Or you guys at one point you were roommates, right? Are you, are you still?
3: No, we well, I mean, you know, we we see each other enough as if we are, but we didn't actually live together. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it
2: was it seemed like it because you were always doing. Yeah, online stuff together.
3: Yeah, well, he just invites me over every night because he doesn't really have any other friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we just hang out pretty much every. You're night. His only friend. <laughs> well, the
2: the, the funny, uh, some of your Q and As were just hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, you guys are were so you know good together on that, and I I just remember that there was one where somebody asked what the what your favorite pizza flavor was and i don't remember justin's answer but you just had this really perplexed look on your face and said well gosh i didn't know pizza came in flavors but okay i'll take vanilla and it was just (laughs) like that was was a great answer but then last year or or i guess it was the end toward the end of last year you actually went down into charlotte and you you did a man on the street kind of deal you know what is a kaz (laughs) (laughs) And I want to talk about that a little bit, because for those who might have missed when you were on with with us from HMS Motorsport at the end of the year, that was one of the funniest online things I've seen a driver do in recent times. And you were such a good sport about it. Talk about how that originated and and walk us through some of the fun you had with that.
3: So that that idea originated back in 2017. I did a a race advance for New Hampshire Motor Speedway ahead of the truck series race Mm -hmm. there. And uh, they had the idea that I would grab a microphone, they'd follow me around with a, a portable camera, and just videotape me asking people in downtown Concord, that is Concord, not yes, Concord. Yes, it's Concord down here right. in
2: North Carolina, New Hampshire, it's Concord.
3: <laughs> and ask them what a Casgrala is. And <laughs> I was like, are you crazy? So I did it, and turns out we actually got some really funny answers. Uh, but let me tell you, the most uncomfortable thing you could possibly do in the world is following people around with a microphone, asking them <laughs> if they're willing to answer a question on camera. Usually they're not too excited about doing so, and usually you get some interesting responses that can't actually be aired. We'll be but, but we won't. <laughs> yeah. But so it, people loved it so much that actually NASCAR wanted me to do a second uh, part two to it down in downtown Charlotte. So I did that with NASCAR Productions uh, just this past year. And uh, I, thank God, got to sit back and one of their people did the asking of if people were willing to talk on <laughs> yeah. camera. I just had to ask the actual question on camera. So uh, I enjoyed watching them frustratingly get a lot of no's and sarcastic <laughs> remarks, and I didn't have to do the pressure of that. But, yeah, that another one that came out really good. So I think that's something that uh, every season we can probably do – uh, down in Charlotte or, or wherever NASCAR would like to and kind of see over the years if anyone's answers ever become true because so far we are 0 oh for about, <laughs> o oh for 50 or so. Not one person said NASCAR <laughs> driver, huh? No. What, was, what were some of the funniest answers you got? Oh, gosh. Somebody said, I think, uh, a type of umbrella. And uh, someone said a a mystical wild animal. Oh, that's that's good. Always a fan favorite. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Mystical wild animal. Yeah, a a lot of different uh, interesting answers. But I I will say next time when we do it with NASCAR Productions, we're going to have to have them not wear the NASCAR Polos because that did throw a few people – uh, off when they were asked the question and they started to guess is it a kind of car a race car part of a motor <laughs> people wow. had an idea that maybe it had to do with racing yeah. but still nobody said driver just bought a well,
2: 2019 Kaz well Casagra.
4: for me <laughs> in, in terms of fun stuff you, I think you and Justin may have the most amount of laps on NASCAR heat games I think <laughs> I've ever seen in anybody who's better
3: okay well here's a quick story from this past week Justin uh as a matter of fact, spent about 10 hours practicing by himself <laughs> on uh, the NASCAR video game at one track in particular just because I beat him literally everywhere always. <laughs> like, it's so badly. Like, it's not Justin even never funny. Wins. So he said, we're doing a full test session day individually just for me to get better, and I'm not telling you which track so that next time you come over, I'll finally be able to beat you somewhere. Uh, I qualified two positions better than him my first lap on the track when I got there and led the majority of the race, led at the white flag and a classic uh, drive through the grass wide open into turn three on the last lap resulted <laughs> in him taking the win. But it was not well deserved. So did he wreck you? He did. Yeah. He wrecked you to he win. Wow. 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 I have to keep that in the memory bank.
2: Yep. He pulled a Cal Yarborough. Was there a
5: fight? It <laughs> <laughs> was a rematch i can tell you that <laughs>
3: did you win the rematch that's what matters <sighs> he had a hot streak that one night he won
5: every oh, race
3: but oh, that never oh, happens you <laughs> had to give you had
1: to give him something otherwise he was going to be all glum yeah yeah exactly. you let him win that's what it was <laughs> yeah, right yeah that's it that's you it, got you, it. You yeah. let him win. oh man <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i racing's the next frontier that that could be scary all right, so on that note, we're going we're gonna to pause the laughter for just a moment because we've got to take a break. And when we return, well, we'll just cause more trouble with Kaz and see what we can get into. Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, continues coming up right after this.
7: At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
6: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
4: Hi,
1: I'm Noah Grayson, and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. Hey, Tom. I have a question. Okay. What if I want to get into something in the technology field? What do I do?
2: Well, what you do is you go and you dial up mycomputercareer.edu. That's what you do because you can take a free career evaluation. And if you decide to pursue a career in IT, you could be an IT professional in as little as four months. Just four months. That's all it is. It's not even full-time. Two to three times a week, either on one one of their seven campuses around the country, or you can do it online. They do have financial aid available, and they work with hundreds of employers to try to get you placed after you have your degree. So you can be, again, an IT professional as little as four months. There's a whole bunch of cybersecurity jobs right now that are unfilled around the country. So you can fill one of them. It's pretty easy, really. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Again, seven campuses around the country, or you can do it
4: online, mycomputercareer.edu. It is training for a better life. And one of those employers you can work for was Kurt Busch's sponsor this past year.
2: ComServe. ComServe, that's right. Absolutely correct. That was a cool-looking car, too.
4: Yeah,
1: It was a very good-looking car, black and green, but very different than... uh, Kurt's I like usual look, Kurt's going to have an extremely different look this week that we can uh, discuss a little bit later in the show, but I'll give you a hint, it goes back about 20 years to his very first championship in NASCAR, oh, and- wow. We'll, we'll let you uh, fill in the blanks and, and guess, and we'll tell you about it a little later. Right now, we want to keep talking with Kaz Gralla, who was recently minted as the newest NASCAR Xfinity Series driver for Richard Childress Can Racing. Can I ask him a question? What? Because
2: we were just talking about a black
3: and green car, and green's considered bad luck. Are you superstitious about anything? Uh, well— I can't say I'm superstitious about anything when I always find out after the fact from people that apparently it's bad luck. Oh, (laughs) I mean, after people hand me $50 bills and give me a green race car. So, I mean, I can't really say that I'm too superstitious about that stuff. But, you know, if you gave me a paint scheme choice for a track like, say, Daytona, I'd probably pick the non-green one just because maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe you'd
4: make it through. Well, yeah. back in the
2: old days, the difference was, between... you know, shelled peanuts were considered bad luck. You don't bring shell peanuts into the pits because supposedly the legend has it that someone dropped some shells down into somebody's motor at one time and, you know, broke the motor. So, hmm. yeah. So there's all, all those green 13, all of those things, superstitions, but you don't subscribe to any of those.
3: No, and I have hear lucky, apparently like, I hear a new anything. one every day. So, yeah, I'm I'm not too worried about that stuff.
2: <laughs> All right, Jacob, he's all yours.
3: Oh, I was. hang on. I wasn't done with
1: that because we were having a fun discussion during the break. And Kaz brought up an interesting point because we're going on the West Coast swing and all these time zone changes and stuff is confusing, Tom, because you go to Phoenix, which doesn't subscribe to Daylight Savings Time, so it screws up the two-hour difference versus three-hour difference for those of us on the East Coast. And it gets confusing. And that opened up a Daylight Savings Time discussion where (laughs) – I think Kaz and myself and probably all the millennials are just happy that we don't have to remember to change our clocks. Otherwise, we'd all forget and we'd never get anywhere on time.
2: Well, yeah, we all used to have to do that. But when we were talking about that during the break, I got to thinking, if you're Jimmy Johnson and you have like nine of those grandfather clocks in your house, you have to reset them. (laughs) How
4: long does that take to reset all those clocks? Well, if you think about it, time's only relative. So if all the... Millennials just say it's this time. Who's who's <laughs> going to tell them different? Yeah, it's true. Well, and millennials do run the
3: world according to <laughs> yeah. that. So, they, I mean, they can just yeah, dictate just whatever so, time it is. Hey, you time. can set
2: each one for a different time zone and just put a sign above so <laughs> yeah, know what time go. it was in, like, Germany, yeah, there you you know, go. Australia. Yeah. But that would be complicated. But, yeah, it's a lot easier now because all of the phones and everything change on their own.
3: Yeah, and at daylight savings time, instead of changing the clocks, you just change the signs above each clock so that now they're correct for whatever yeah. the new time is. <laughs> there <passed>. you <laughs> go. So you
4: got to go rearrange them don't even home. have to change the time. You yeah. just change the sign.
2: Yeah. I, I would love to have that problem, though, wouldn't you, someday? Nine I, grand I, I, product, would, I clocks would love to open. have
3: that problem. I got close to one once in the late model race down there. I was very close to winning it. I led almost the entire first half, won the first half back before stages were stages. I won the first stage uh, and then got inverted back to ninth and drove all the way back up to third within like 15 laps. Still had like 85 laps to go in the race and had a brake failure.
4: Would that be one of those? A brake failure at Martinsville. Imagine that. Would that be one of the trophies you petitioned to take back to your house? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's definitely
3: a cool trophy that yeah. you want to have. But luckily, it was a brake failure in the less bad way at Martinsville. Instead of having no brakes, I actually pressed the brake, and when I got off the brake, it wouldn't unlock from the left front. So I oh. had to drive oh. half a lap around into the pits with the left front just locked up. Oh, god. It seized. So, yeah, that was no bueno.
1: By the way, this this just in from the Twitterverse. Uh uh, Uh So I I got inspired and decided to put a couple of Kaz's best quotes from the last segment on Twitter, specifically hoping I could rile up the... uh, Justin Haley that's halfway across the country. And in response to uh, the whole roommate's argument where you said he just invited you over because he didn't have any other friends, he goes, well, I didn't know we had more friends now because we still hang out every night. <laughs> so that would
3: seem to be proof positive.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. That's
3: about accurate. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But did he did he confirm or deny that Kaz actually let him win? That's...
1: He he liked that tweet. He did not respond yeah. to that oh, tweet. Yeah. So, he <laughs> liked that tweet. He's so.
4: pleading the he's fifth. He's pleading the it. fifth.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing.
1: He's he's not going to comment on that one.
3: Something and, like that. And now I'm stuck with him even more because somebody decided it was a good idea for his shop to be located at RCR. So we're
1: Ooh. both there Well, Oh, oh that's right. Because of the time. <laughs> that's he right. Colleague's calling. on the RCR yeah. campus. So just yeah. when you think you got away from him. <laughs> Speaking right. of
2: Colleague, we. We had a little bit of news about colleague racing. Yeah, today. we did. That ties into Elliott Sadler. Huh.
1: Yeah, so he, you you just kind of gathered another. Uh Pseudo semi teammate, I suppose, Kaz, because Elliot Sadler is coming back for a pair of races in the 10 car with uh, Tom Nutrient Ag Solutions, the sponsor that's backing Ross Chastain in three races in that car, jumping on for two races with Sadler. So j- just when you thought being uh, quasi teammates with the 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 Dylan boys and and Ross Chastain and all that wasn't enough, now now you get a guy like Sadler, who you raced against last year, and I know you know has plenty of experience on how to get the job done.
3: Yeah, Elliot's awesome, and I got to know him a little bit last year, and I'd pick his brain before some of the races, try to uh, see if I could get ahead of the curve before unloading. So uh, yeah, I leaned on him a little bit last year and we didn't even drive for the same team or same manufacturer or anything. So I'll, I'll definitely uh, be talking to him uh, for sure this season. And it sounds like based on what colleague has always been teasing on on Twitter, they may be announcing more teammates c- in the future. so Well, like it they, they've got like...
1: 17 or 18 races to work with, and I think they've only announced five or six of them for that car. So that would imply
3: there's more to come. Yeah, so I think I think all around I'll be in, in good company, whether it be at RCR itself or in their affiliates. So uh, I've definitely got plenty of people to talk to.
4: And, Jacob, what you said kind of sparked another question for me. Oh, How much have you been able to, to talk to to the teammates? Have you talked, to, as Jacob says, the Dylan boys or Hemrick or Reddick or any of the R- other RCR drivers trying to pick their brains?
3: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I spent the weekend in Daytona and in Atlanta actually with the the number two team in the Xfinity Series, so I talked to Tyler and Randall uh, a whole bunch that weekend. Um, so I'm, I'm already starting the, the learning process there, and uh, I've spoken to Austin since Atlanta and uh, spent a while with Daniel as well while he was actually on the RCR simulator after Atlanta, so uh, I've got an idea of kind of what their Cup program is doing and what they're up to, what they're trying to invent and figure out, because obviously the Cup Series this year has a whole lot to figure out because yeah. everything's different. So, And they're actually
4: running really well coming off of Atlanta. They're actually proving to be one of the top, top Chevy teams that are out there right now.
3: Yeah, I, I'm really impressed with their performance at, at Atlanta. And as you could see, obviously the two cars took two different approaches yeah. to the, the race and We see which one panned out for that track specifically, so uh, I think they're they're slowly but surely starting to figure out what they're going to need at each track because it's not the same. It completely is going to differ week to week, and they know that, and they're trying to be on top of it, so they got the first kind of test out of the way, if you will, with Atlanta, and... And they actually tested Vegas, so they have an idea of what they're bringing there. The big question mark is going to be, after Vegas, what do they bring into the mile and a half? So that's part of where their simulator comes into play, and they're going to be trying to to work through all those questions. But it's cool to be there and and be a part of listening to their conversations and figuring that out. There's a lot to learn there, even if it doesn't apply to me this year. You you hope and uh, dream that it's going to apply to you someday uh, in the – Cup Series so um, it's been a good experience
1: I believe
2: it will
3: so
1: looking at this we know what the goal is obviously the stated goal since you're on a part-time schedule is to go out and contend for top fives and try to win races but for you it do you feel any pressure on your shoulders in this situation or is this more exciting eager anticipation than it is really pressure because you know you know
3: basically what the details are what the situation is this year It's a little bit of both. I mean, uh, luckily, I don't feel like anyone is putting any pressure on me. So that's always good. Uh, But there's the pressure you put on yourself. I mean, you know, stepping into this equipment that you're going to be competitive in the top five, and that just makes it all the more crucial that you execute and you don't make mistakes. So um, it's definitely going to be important to, to be perfect on these weekends. But at the same time, I've got 22 races last year that went well, uh, most of which went mistake free. So in my mind, all I have to do is kind of uh, what I did last year. It's in my comfort zone in my wheelhouse. Now my car is just going to go a little bit faster because there's a few more employees back at the shop that helped make it do so. So um, uh, I'm, I'm confident that everything will, will be a success this year. The question is to what level and that's going to really impact and hopefully help uh, the, the sponsorship search for for what could be a full-time ride in 2020.
1: It lets your dad go back from being a co-team owner to being dad and being a cheerleader again.
3: Yeah, it's already been a huge weight off his shoulders without having to manage that program. Uh, That that definitely took a lot of hours out of his day and a a lot out of his life, so uh, he can now relax and go back to Mm -hmm. doing what he started Fury to do, which was His dream, which is building race cars. He just loves doing that. So now he can focus.
2: Okay. So we've got just a couple of minutes left in the segment. I'm going to hand you the marker and you now get to sign our wall of fame. So (laughs) go ahead and uh, you can pick where you want to sign. I mean, we've got uh, who we have over on the left here. Uh, I don't remember who that is actually, but uh, yeah, either way you sign where you want to sign. All right, so oh, we're oh. going right in the middle here. There you go. Kaz Grohlich of the sign. He put the, wow, the nice. number and the circle. Wow, very nice. I'll tell
1: you what, his signature looks pretty sharp. He seems to have ascribed to the Richard Petty school of autographing.
2: <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I I can
3: barely read a K or a G, but
2: it's there's colorful. a K,
3: there's a K and a Z, and the A just kind of turns into a straight line in the middle. I, I see. just do the first oh, name. So you're oh, you just do Kaz. okay. I was that's given true. a three letter first name. I figure I might as well take advantage that's of it. That's good. There, there you go. That. That's yeah. smart. I well, like it. So I,
1: I don't. I can't think of any other Kaz that's ever been in NASCAR. So I don't No, know but good. every time
3: someone tweets Kaz. about Kez. <laughs> I always do a double take on Twitter of, wait, what's that? Oh, no, that's not me. That's yeah. not me. Oh, one letter off.
2: I hear people pronounce it cause. You know, oh, I, like cause I, I get cause a lot. Yeah. Okay. Real quick. Where can people
3: follow you? Uh, everywhere. Uh, you, there's links to all of my social media on my website, casgralla.com, But if you want to go directly through the, the channels, you can go to at on Twitter and Instagram. And there's a Facebook page for casgralla myself as well. All awesome.
1: right. We're going to step aside. We've got more Motorsports Madness coming up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
7: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the
8: Bureau
4: of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show.
1: opposite side of the country, but a Chase Cabre sighting in a re-entry does let us mention that the NASCAR K&N Pro Series West opens their season as this show is airing live and uh, at the dirt track at las vegas motor speedway no less jacob sealman tom baker chris murdoch still talking racing on motorsports madness powered by mycomputercareer.edu we just finished up with kaz Gralla and tom a lot to unpackage in the time that we had with kaz sure. what's your quick takeaways from uh from being able to talk with kaz and and you know what we heard from him
2: well i mean just how he is the most probably the most articulate well-spoken racer that we ever interview on this show. I mean, he just has such an easygoing style of conversation. And, you know, I, I think this is his time. You know, we, we saw Ross Jastain last year get a few shots with uh, Chip Ganassi racing and go out and run up front and win. And I think this is Kaz's time. I'm not saying he's going to go win an Xfinity race necessarily, but I think you're going to see him contending in uh, that Childress
1: car this year. And I'm happy for him murdoch anything from you
4: i just i just think it's funny the relationship he and ha- he and Haley have so oh yeah uh it's it's crazy how much time they spend together anytime they're on social media and it's good to have that especially in the garage oh, yeah. you can have a driver in it now that they're right across the street from each other it'll make it a lot easier i was Man. gonna
1: say the raw entertainment value between those two is priceless yeah, yeah. and they're back
2: to being competitors now too when cast races it's both the same series again
1: absolutely yeah, yeah i i didn't think about that until yeah. Kaz brought it up that with Justin being in the colleague car and him being in R- RCR yeah, proper. Yeah, they're sort they're of teammates. Quasi teammates, yeah. I think, yeah. was the word that I heard used this week on social. So with all that being said, we are getting close to starting the second half of our show, which is going to be really exciting. We'll kind of preview that coming up in the next segment, but going to shift gears to the open wheel sign of life for a little bit and get a chance to talk about uh, what I would call arguably the biggest indianapolis 500 announcement that we've had aside from fernando alonso in the last couple of years not necessarily because of who the driver is but because of who the team is and what it means to the past and future of indycar racing and i won't spoil that we'll get into that a little bit more during our next segment don't go anywhere the second half of motorsports madness powered by my computer career continues in just a moment
5: we're growing like crazy and need account reps who know their way around agencies, the Internet, and social media. Got connections? Or do you know how to get to the decision makers? Are you fearless? We need you. Internet radio, or as we call it, wireless mobile radio, is rapidly becoming the place to be with almost limitless income potential. So contact us to get involved with the fastest-growing, professionally-produced group of Internet radio stations in the world. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or you can email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue? Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. Yeah. And Josh, you're going to?
3: Soccer, Dad.
7: Persuasion.
3: Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled.
7: Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time.
3: What, what? No!
7: Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.
5: If you're a gearhead and you just can't get enough of your favorite motorsports on that channel on the cable, or you look at that guy network and you just go, what does that have to do with me? we have the answer performance motorsports network right here on the internet the best cruising and tunes the best in motorsports programming and the best shows we have opinionated hosts and we like it that way if you want to get involved if you want to bench race be listening for information coming up soon right here on this channel the performance motorsports network your source for motorsports
6: Hi, I'm
3: NASCAR driver William Byron. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN,
1: the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch joining you as we kick off the second half of our program. And in just a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from... The co owner of Clawson Marshall Racing, Tim Clawson, on the strutmasters.com hotline. But before we do that, Tom, I think it's uh, important for just a minute to unpackage this a little bit. This announcement that Clawson Marshall Racing is bringing a car to the Indianapolis 500 was big in a lot of ways. You know, for 30, 35 years, USAC and IMS were intertwined, and this has the feel that if they can survive this, if it goes okay, if it doesn't just completely torpedo them, that the bridge has a chance of being rebuilt finally.
2: Well, and I think that's really, really important. I know what they're trying to do. Obviously, the bridge that you refer to is trying to bring somebody to Indy to raise the 500 once again from the open-wheel circle track side Of things instead of um you know just the traditional road course racers so good to see they're they're putting pippa man in the car this year and you know that's great it's good to see pippa get a shot at it again um and then you know they wanted some sort of a veteran presence to help them kind of feel things out before they maybe put a rookie to the indy
1: 500 in in next year's race 2020 so we'll see how that goes I know. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people going, well, why Pippa? And it's exactly what you said. They want a veteran presence who knows how to qualify and who understands what that pressure is like and has been able to combat it in the past to have the best shot of actually making the race. You know, you're a first year team going to Indy. The only goal is to make a race and you bring a bone stock rookie to the 500. That goal of making the race is exponentially harder. So I, I certainly understand it from a business perspective and a team perspective just you know to be able to make sure the people are strong enough to get it done first and then worry about the driver piece of it perhaps a little bit later and that's something that I had a chance to talk to Tim with after the announcement this week uh, talk with him about and we'll talk with Tim on the strutmasters.com hotline coming up in just a
5: couple of minutes stick around motorsports madness
1: continues right after this
5: The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it.
4: Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
8: Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Our trombone choir is having a little bit of fun right there. Jacob Sealman and choir. Tom Baker uh, right now at the table talking racing. And selfishly, I'm really excited for this next portion of the show, just not only because it's the first time we've had this guest join us on the, on the live show, but because of everything that... This announcement and this week and everything has entailed for, for the greater purpose of the sport, the team, and all that fun stuff. So, joining us right now on the uh, strutmasters.com hotline is co-owner of Clawson Marshall Racing, Tim Clawson, and Tim, I have to imagine, you and I talked about this the other day, I know it's been a whirlwind, have you even been able to sit down for 10 minutes and process and kind of put into your own head what all this has meant, let alone, you know, for everybody else, you know, what what this week has meant so far?
8: Um, You know, it's, you know build, building uh, this program you know obviously it's it's been a bit of a process so uh um you know and, and we race so much that uh yeah you know you kind of you, you race a little bit then you work on the on the on the 500 program and then you race a little bit and uh um but I you know I think uh, I've been really overwhelmed by the response uh you know from from the the motorsports world in general and uh <clears throat> you know it's uh, it's it's exciting for us to do um we're, we're, uh, you know, we're hoping that we can, uh, y- you know, have a successful month of May and then, uh, then be able to, to build on the program uh, going forward.
1: So Pippa was talking about this, I think, during her portion of the press conference on Wednesday, and I want you to kind of tell it a little bit from your side. She was mentioning that this, the 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 road to get to this point actually started on race day last year when you guys uh, met in the suites, and just, you know, that was the ray of hope for her, and it seems like all of this has since kind of dovetailed and spiraled off of that into what we see now this week.
8: Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, so obviously, you know, Pippa, I think the world watched, you know, Pippa and, and, and Hinch not make the Indy 500 last year. And, uh, you, you know, in, in Pippa's own words, you know, she felt like that was her last opportunity, you know, and, and that, that her, her career at the Speedway was done. Um, but what struck me was the way for the, you know, the next week, um, she, she carried on and she fulfilled, uh, not every, not, not only every professional commitment that she had to, to sponsors and to fans and to partners and, uh, and and the like, but also, um, the responsibility that she felt uh, that she had to, to, to us as a family, um, and, and to Brian's, um, you know, into Brian's memory, uh, you know, through what she was doing with Driven to Save Lives and Donate Lives. Um, and she, and she just continued working and, and, and not, and not just putting in the time, but I mean, you know, engaging and, and it really struck me that, you know, we don't see a lot of that level of professionalism anymore. And, uh, Um, knowing kind of some of the backstory that happened with her, uh, you know, with her qualifying effort, um, and I never looked at her as, you know, well, that, you know, we can pin that on, on Pippa. And I think that can, I think that's proved out by Hinch, you know, when Hinch didn't make it either, um, there, there was something going on. So, uh, um, so I basically, I just simply told Pippa that, you know, that, uh, you know, how much I admired what she was doing, that she was carrying on, um, Fulfilling every commitment she had and that, uh, you know, in in, in this moment, I, you know, I really, I probably had a dream of someday having, you know, doing a 500 program. Um, But it certainly wasn't something that we were actively working on at the time. But I just told her that if, that if I ever got the opportunity and could help her come back in a competitive effort, that, uh, that I would do that. And uh, I think maybe what it did is it, it, maybe it lit that fire for her for, okay, one, you know, maybe one more shot at this. And, uh, and she got to work and we got to work and, uh, um, and we were, you know, we were able to, to put this together and it's, and it's such a, you know, it, it really is. I think, you know, I, you know, I read, look, I read social media and I read the message boards and it's why not, uh, you know, why not sunshine, you know, our, our team's defending USAC sprint car champion. And, uh. You know, I'm 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 smart enough. I'm not a very bright man. I I I own a race teams, so that that instantly takes me off the scale of being very smart. Um, but but I realize getting to do Indy with Brian, you know, three times. Um, you know, us building out our short track programs that I understand that, you know, to to offer somebody like a you know, and really we can lift five or six very worthy USAC uh, drivers that uh that would do you know, us proud, the sport proud to be at the, be at the speedway. But until we can have a, you know, a competitive effort there um, and, and gain some knowledge, we'd be doing them a disservice by bringing them there. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that would be the last thing that I'd want to do. And so, you know, so this year we get to, you know, we get to go there with Pippa, somebody who, who has a lot of laps around the place, who, um you know when brian and her were teammates you know brian you know he, he shared a lot with me a lot of the stuff in engineering that she drove and and just how smart she was and analytical she was and uh, um, and so if we can if we can sponge off of, off of that knowledge and, and learn this year um, and then you know hopefully be able to come back uh, uh, smarter wiser uh, a little more confident maybe um, and then that you know that would that would obviously lead into the right time as well to do something that uh you know down down that type of road too
2: tim can you walk us through in th- maybe three minutes <laughs> if you can do <laughs> that a, a, the process of putting an indie effort together because i think a lot of fans here will call some marshals doing an indie car effort and it's well they're writing a check and then there's the team over here but it's a lot more than that and a lot more complex than that can you give us a short it- version of how that's done
8: yeah, I mean, in, in like really in our case, um, you, you know, when we started this process, uh, we, you know, we actually looked at, we actually looked at, you know, buying our own assets and uh, the way the, uh, the way, you know, what, what, what makes it uh, doable um, is, you you know, you've got to pay attention to rule package because rule package is what obsoletes equipment. And when your equipment gets obsoleted, that's what costs the real money, right? So. You know, last year after the 500, um, you know, IndyCar extended the uh, the body kits that they were using for another year, uh, which means now if you buy, you know, if you buy a car and you buy the body kits, that now you can um, you can depreciate all that over a, over a four year period instead of over a three year period. If you can do it over a four year period, um, the numbers make sense to to you know to invest in your own equipment because by the time you get to that fourth year um, you're, you know, you, you could be at a, at a break even a uh, point, uh, with the assets. Gotcha. Um, so, so we actually went, you know, we looked down that road, um, you know, we, 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 you know, kind of investigated the, the engine lease programs and those are, you know, those are pretty tough to get. They just don't hand them out. Um, you know, it's not like going to Gary Stanton and buying midget motors, you know, it's a, right. it's a bit of a process. And, and as we were kind of putting the the financial pieces together of it, we had a drop dead date to be able to do our own assets. Well, that drop dead date kind of came and went. And uh, when we were finally able, we felt comfortable going. Okay, we can move forward on this program. We were pretty much past the the dates of acquiring, right? And uh, so then at that point, we said, okay, well, let's you know, let's do you know the next best thing, and, and let's try to. Uh, let's try to to find good equipment to lease for the 500 and uh and uh and so that was the direction that we went and then so once we put that piece together then it, then it becomes assembling uh, you know the team the team itself uh the engineering that you're going to use um and uh you know when, when you when you lease equipment from a team or you're able to kind of work with a team you know they've got the engine leases and in In place for that which which makes that step of it a little bit easier so so it's really you know from our perspective it's about you know it's about putting you know it's kind of like building blocks and building uh you know building each piece of it to uh sure. you know to have an effort uh, to have an effort at the speedway
1: so i don't want to try and squeeze. Another question before break, because we're up against that, but I will ask you, Tim, if you can, to hold on for just a minute, because uh, when we come back, I do have one or two more questions that we want to fit in, because there's certainly so much good to unpack around this effort and uh, we'll remind anybody who's just tuning in that we are uh, on the strutmasters.com hotline with tim Claussen the co-owner of Claussen marshall racing who uh, announced this week that they'll be taking the defending usac national sprint car championship team to the indy 500 in may we'll step aside and when we return more with tim Claussen on the 500 and maybe slinging a little dirt too we'll be right back
3: Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Jacob Seelman and Tom Baker talking racing right now. And on the strutmasters.com hotline with us is Tim Claussen from Claussen Marshall Racing. And we're continuing to discuss the Indianapolis 500 and... The program that C.M.R. has uh, put around Pippa Man as they attempt to go to the Speedway for the first time and qualify in May. And Tim, uh, before the break, we were talking with you kind of the ins and outs of, of putting the program together and and what all that has entailed. Um, I'm curious, if, you know, from a standpoint of personnel, how many or you know, if any of the, the midget personnel are going to be involved in the 500 effort and, and kind of what that looks like for you guys, because I know how big an undertaking this is just from an equipment standpoint, let alone the people that obviously have knowledge of the cars and all that.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we're so, you know, I, I, I was looking at the schedule this morning and, um you know, qualifying weekend, we, we, you know, we've got midgets and sprint cars in uh, Granite city and, uh, and Pevely. And, uh, so, uh, you know, so the short track teams are, you know, they're going to stay focused on the, on the, uh, on the short track stuff, uh, as far as from, a from a, you know, working, you know, working standpoint. Um, um, obviously we want to get those guys out to the track as, uh, as much as we can and and let them experience it and, and get some exposure to it. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with, with Klaus and Marshall, you know, we, you know, obviously we have our driver development program with the short track stuff, but we also, you know, we have a lot of young, uh, young racers that are, that are working for us too. And, uh, you know, some of them, some of them, you know, have, have uh, career thoughts of, of, uh, of, bigger things than, than maybe midgets and sprint cars. I don't know if there's anything bigger than those two, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but whether it's, you know, whether it's going down South or, or going to an Indy car type team, um, you know they're they're struggling for good people uh just like we all are and so uh we want to we want to have those doors open for for our guys as well um if it's something they want to do so we do want to let them experience it give them some exposure to it um you know we were talking we had a meeting last night and uh, we you know, just talked about some of the logistics stuff of it and uh you know part of you know it takes it takes a couple of days to move all the stuff in at indy and so you know we'll we'll have them involved with that obviously and uh uh, but when it comes to racing uh yeah they're gonna they're gonna stay focused on our short track program.
1: Does this feel kind of like the first time again? like I know it's gotta be a bit of a different feeling uh from twenty twelve when you went to the Speedway for the first time as a father and watching Brian get to make his first start it What's the feel? Now, does it bring back some of those emotions and some of those same uh, kind of feelings? Being able to bring the team here for the first time and know that you know you're a part of it again.
8: Yeah, you know, I think you know my my exposure to the speedway um, has always you know it's always been in that in that dad role. You know, I never had a I have never had any real. Uh, except for friend you know friendship and stuff uh, interaction with the teams and, and things like that you know i was there to to support brian as a dad and and quite frankly to to enjoy you know to enjoy it as a dad sure. and uh, um and obviously i'm you know you know with with circumstances i'm so happy that i got to do that cuz cuz a lot of our racing together i didn't get to just enjoy it as a dad and uh so you know so coming you know going back the one thing that the speedway um everybody in it um doug bowls you know they've always you know for whatever reason since since 2012 um has they've just treated us like family and uh, the, even the years brian didn't run uh you know we would go out of course and uh and, and when he did run and, and then of course after uh after 2016 um you know some, the, some of the stuff that the teams did for us and and the speedway itself did and indycar did it, it really amazed me that uh they they really just took us in as family and i've never felt anything but that and so so to get to go back there now um you know as a competitor is uh it, it's it's exciting um it's uh it's humbling for sure um i'm you know i was asked a couple times yesterday about you know well, why you know too bad you guys didn't do this a couple years ago when there was only 33 cars and uh and and quite frankly, I'm 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 more excited that uh, sure. you know that they are going to have that you know 38 car field and and you know getting into the show is going to be you know is going to be a huge accompli- accomplishment for the for the 33 cars that do and uh, and and I, I and honestly, I don't know what it is, but I'm really excited that uh, you know that we we're going to have to fight our way in and uh, and uh, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's what the sport's all about. It's not just about showing up and being in. It's, um, you know, having to earn your way in. Well, it, it's cool to see Indy back that way.
2: Yeah, I was going to make that comment. It is cool to see that we've got so many new teams, and this is such a a nice revival. It's almost a renaissance for, for uh, IndyCar, and especially for the Indy 500. Um, Tim, I grew up in Oswego, New York, with modifieds and I'm sure you you know what they are. And, and mm-hmm. in the 70s, we had a number of drivers that used The Supers as a stepping stone to Indy and even Gordon Johncock in the 60s um, did that. And, you know, it's it's I've said for years that I wish there could be those opportunities again for the for the drivers in the open wheel short track divisions. Um, It would be really cool if uh, Claus and Marshall could sort of pave the way for that again um, at some point, because I just think that's something that's been missing for a long time from Indy.
8: Yeah, and I mean, and I don't, you know, I think, you know, I think when Brian went there in, you know, in 2012, um, I'm not sure if, if uh, the Speedway, you know, Randy Bernard, he, he understood what was going to happen, yeah. right? I mean, he, you know, I mean, that was all his doing. And so he understood that if he could just get a, a, you know, a dirt, a kid that races 100 times a year all across the country, that this fan base would follow him. Yep. And and that's exactly what happened. And uh, and then of course you know Brian didn't go in thirteen and fourteen. And and when he went back in fifteen, it was you know it was really kind of met with a lukewarm feel. Um, but when he came back in sixteen, for whatever reason, the speedway just embraced it. And uh, and that you know I think Doug you know I think Doug kind of was like okay we saw these all these shirts in twenty twelve they were missing in thirteen fourteen. 14 is he back for real? And then in 16, you know, the Speedway embraced it. So, so it was, it was really cool to see that. And I know that, you know, Brian leaving there in 16, he, uh, you know, he was excited to go back because I think it felt, he finally felt comfortable in the car and that uh, was like, okay, we can build on this now. And, sure. uh, and so, you know, and obviously, you know, I mean, everybody knows where our, you know, where our, where our, where we all grew up in racing, what our love of, of the sport is. And, uh, um, and so, you know, if, if we can, if we can build a program that is worthy of giving a, a short track, um, you know, in, in my heart, a, a a short track USAC type driver, uh, an opportunity to go run the speedway. And then, then of course, you know, that's, you know, man, that's, that's, that makes perfect sense. And, uh, but, but with that, I have, a. You, you know, I, I I saw I saw some of the struggles. I saw Brian when he went there in 2012 with Sarah and Andy, and the effort they put into his program because they took it personally and it showed yep. on the racetrack. I mean, there wasn't. I mean, I don't think there was a day during the week that they were out of the top five or six practice. Um, they were, you know, working traffic great. And if if he you know if he finishes that fourth lap of qualifying, he's probably sitting in the middle of the fourth row for the for the Indy 500. And uh and then, you know, and then we also got to kind of go back in a, in a situation in 15 that, that wasn't as competitive a competitive a situation. And, and at the end of that experience, you know, Brian really was like, I don't really care if I come back, you know, if I, if I can't come back in, in something that's competitive, why am I doing this? You know, I'll, yeah. you know, I can go run the outlaw show at Williams Grove that weekend or, you know, or something. So, so I know how important it is to, to, if we get to the point of bringing somebody like that back is we've got to have all of our ducks in a row or sure. we're not only doing you know we're not only doing ourselves a disservice um or the driver a disservice but we're we're really doing the whole community a disservice because then the next guy's not going to get his shot and uh um and my hope would be that you know we we we're able to put this program together it's it's successful for us and then um i think like a lot what we're seeing with midget racing with you know with what uh, keith's success was bill we decided we wanted to do it and then petrie decided they wanted to do it and and all of a sudden midget racing is alive again well you know if we can go there and 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 even have moderate success with a with a short track guy then maybe the next team decides to do it yep. and then maybe we do start this uh you know this this uh uh, you know this this role or road to where where some of our guys can get there and bring our fan base there and, and things of that nature.
1: We know how big a week this has been and what a whirlwind week it's been and we're just uh, really grateful Tim that you've taken a little time out of your evening to to kind of come and and tell the story and sit down and not just talk with us about it but really you know share it share it with our audience and, and share it to the greater portion of the sport because we're just excited about what's going on right now and uh, look forward to seeing it play out for you guys over the course of the month of May when it gets a little bit closer. So uh, congratulations again and we will look forward to seeing you and Richard and Pippa and everybody involved with the CMR uh, 500 program uh, invade the speedway here coming up in a couple of months.
8: No, I appreciate it guys and, uh, and and Jake we got a lot more dirt racing to do before we get to May so I'm sure we're going to see you before that pal.
1: That's absolutely right. Uh I believe DeCoin is coming and I plan to be there next weekend so we will uh Wonderful. We'll look forward we look, we look to that forward for to sure. You. That's Tim Claussen and uh real quickly Tom we got about a minute yeah. left in this segment uh just And like I said, there's so much excitement right now around this announcement. There really is. Well, I think it's
2: great. I mean, you know, Tim is a super nice guy and obviously, you know, a racing family. And and, um, to have Klaus and Marshall... Participating in the Indy 500 brings a whole following from the dirt side of things. Even just the, the fact that they're there, never mind that they have Pippa driving. Um, I think it's going to be a great thing for the Indy 500. And hopefully, as you said at the top of this segment, it begins to build a bridge back to where the open-wheel guys, or at least one a year, can have an opportunity.
1: That's, I think, what a lot of people are hoping, uh, not the least of which are both of us at this table. And I know Robin Miller pointed it out in a racer column earlier this afternoon as well. We're going to step aside when we return a little NHRA and our lightning round. Motorsports Madness rolls on, coming up in just a couple of minutes.
4: How to be a great dad in 15
5: seconds. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed... Then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait
1: Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and we found a Chris Murdoch back with us at the table now as we... uh, do a couple of things here in this segment. The first portion of which is going to be some NHRA conversation. And Tom, our uh, NHRA conversation powered by our friends at com. It is.
2: And of course, if you own a luxury car, here's the deal. If you own a luxury car, or an SUV, eventually, we all know it. It's going to happen. Your high-tech suspension system is going to fail. So guess what you do when that happens? It's real easy. You don't panic. Just call or click strutmasters.com. That's all you got to do. Just call them or click on their website. They can give you an American, well, they won't give it to you, but they'll sell it to you. An American-made suspension conversion system that will solve the problem for a fraction of what you would pay at the dealer. And this came out of uh, Chip Lofton, who owns Strutmasters. He had a car breakdown, down. And so he actually went through the process of fixing the suspension, all of that, and then realize there's there's opportunity here to do this better than it was being done and, and less expensively. So that's why he started Strutmasters. So again, the only thing faster than the service at Strutmasters.com is Clay Milliken stomping on that loud pedal. And that's exactly what he did at Wild Horse last week.
1: Yes. Unfortunately, it did not necessarily end the way we hoped it would no. for Clay Milliken. Uh, that was an a early exit for Clay out of the Magic Dry Organic Absorbent NHRA Arizona Nationals. Try saying that five times fast.
2: Because we couldn't come up with a couple of more things to put in there.
1: <laughs> uh, but... We did have a couple guys who went really, really fast, uh, not the least of which was Dem Capco Boys again. The problem was, if you're thinking, oh, Steve-O won again, no, Steve-O did not win again. steve did not win. His father, Billy, did win, however, at 60. Age sixty, if you think that you can 't go out and and go and have success in racing, just look at what Billy Torrance and John force are doing age sixty yeah. and sixty nine and they 're going out and having fun in top fuel and funny car n h r a well, where anybody can go and be fast
2: well, and this is what everybody loves about n h r a right because you have all of this difference in age and experience, and you know they 're all real people i mean there they're, there's no um worrying about sponsors or whatever the right. personalities are very real and everybody has a great time and you just never know from week to week and this was one of those weeks where we had a lot of different names
1: it uh, really was uh, uh, Lane. It, so billy torrents getting the wally in the top fuel category in funny car it was don schumacher racing getting back to the top of the heap however maybe not the uh schumacher car that i personally thought was going to be fast i figured jack beckman was probably going to be the guy to beat instead it's the guy i should have not overlooked because he's now won three of the last five at wild horse pass Motorsports park matt hagan winning in the sandvik coromont dodge hellcat funny car for dsr and in pro stock, it took a while. However, fitting that the numbers lined up this way. Yeah. Getting the Wally, the 62nd in his pro stock career, in his 1,000th professional round of racing. Jeg. Jeg that Coughlin. would be Jeg Coughlin yeah. Jr., by the way. yeah, Jeggy, uh, getting back on top of the heap in pro stock. And I would say that's a, anybody in pro stock ought to be scared because when Jeg starts strong... That's kind of what led him to five Pro Stock Championships in the NHRA. So that, that could be a little worrisome for everybody else. Yeah,
2: well, it, it's true. But again, you know, we, we say this all the time. You just never know from weekend to weekend. It's good to see some different names winning the Wallys this, uh, this weekend at Wild Horse Pass. It, that, that course sort of lived up to um, its reputation there of, of kind of mixing things up.
1: It absolutely did. I mean, when you look at uh, a driver like Jordan Vandergriff, who was making his NHRA Top Fuel debut and goes all the way to the semifinals before being taken down by Billy Torrance, uh, that, that was a big deal for the young rookie at just 24 years old. And, you know, Jordan, obviously his family history at Bob Vandergriff Racing, his dad, has a very long lineage in the NHRA. So to see him come out and have quick success, you know, it's guys like him, like Austin Prock, these new faces in yeah. the category that really have me excited for twenty uh, for, for this season in the NHRA.
2: Yeah, and Proc was the one that uh, beat out Clay Milliken in the first round. Indeed he um, did. Before <laughs> losing to Antron Brown in round two.
1: And he had a shot against Antron, he too. Yep. He did. I mean, Austin, I've said for a couple of years now that Austin Proc, when he finally got to the national level was going to be a threat because his father, Jimmy Prock, who is the mastermind behind the famed Prock rocket race cars that spanked everybody for years with John force. I mean, Jimmy knows his stuff and he's passed on so much of that teaching to Austin. We knew he was going to be good whenever he got there. It was just a matter of how good, how quickly. And I think he's proven that uh, the hype is certainly uh, well warranted, I'd say.
2: Well, and again, like in any other situation, you know you win around here you win around there eventually win two rounds then finally you go and get the win he's getting good good reps here, and it's good to see him finally getting his shot in the the big time.
1: I'm going to say that I believe Austin Prock wins a national event before the end of this season. I believe that will happen, uh, especially with the the people that he's got behind him at John Force Racing. That's going to be a big deal, and I think it's going to end up ultimately elevating Brittany Force's dragster program as well this season. So, With that, we can transition a little bit over into our lightning round. The NHRA taking a couple weeks off before they get back at it in mid-March with the goal. Golden anniversary of the Gator Nationals at Gainesville in Florida. So uh, we'll we'll go into our lightning round now and, uh, you know, rapid fire a few things. And, uh, you know, we're going to Vegas this weekend, Tom, which means we can roll some dice and make some guesses and probably fail really badly at it. (laughs) But hey, we often do. We often do. But hey, this is a week where we can gamble and not have to worry about losing money because there's no there's no gambling to be had on this show. It's a family show. Well, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's correct. Yes. So, uh, what we'll, we'll start off there. <laughs> good grief! Has there been a whirlwind of, of news? We talked a little bit about it during the first half of our show, but uh, I, I think the Elliott Sadler to the racing thing <laughs> is is a pretty big deal. I'm excited to see Elliott back on the racetrack here. Two races, one at Richmond in April, and the other at Las Vegas yes. uh, when you get into uh, the tail end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. So it'll be fun to see Elliott come back here that that 10 car which we already know ross chastain's proven it is going to have a shot to win some races this sure. year well
2: and i mean again they've got a, a, a bevy of different drivers that are going to be competing in that car throughout the season and um you know it's interesting that that elliot decides to come back out of retirement chris i mean he He made a big deal out of retiring at the end of last season, but just like we saw on the football side of things today with Jason Witten's announcement coming back out of the Monday night booth back into a Cowboys uniform for next year, sometimes you retire and then you realize, you know what, maybe I don't want to do this every week again, but maybe I'm not totally done. And that feels like what this is for Elliot is just he's got a little more in the tank. He just doesn't want to do it on a regular basis anymore.
4: That itch that you get once you drive a race car can really hit you in different ways. Maybe he doesn't want to do a full season, but he figured out after being gone for even two races, he was like, okay, I need to get back (laughs) in the car.
2: Yeah. So, you know, and it's a good opportunity, Jacob. I mean, it's a good piece of equipment. And so uh, but this weekend at uh, Vegas, Austin Dillon will be in the ten. car uh, yes, he with all uh, well medicare yes. on
1: the side It's an interesting uh, deal there and uh, interesting to see Austin back, especially on an intermediate where he's had so much success in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in the past. Another announcement that was kind of maybe less heralded, um, but a very interesting deal is Connor Daly has landed a sports car ride for a handful of races overseas this season. He's joined Precision Performance Motorsports to partner with Brandon Godovic in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Series for 2019 to get some reps in a sports car this year
2: which is really interesting and of course for those of us I mean, we are situated obviously outside charlotte um for those of us in this part of the country we know that uh that team is based out of virginia so um interesting to see uh that situation develop for them and, and connor in a sports car that's kind of a little bit out of left field from what we might have expected but it certainly makes sense and um you know opens up maybe some doors for him to have some other opportunities in that part of the sport if nothing develops anytime soon on the open wheel side
1: exactly right and uh that's the uh Lamborghini Super of North America series yeah. that he'll be taking part in for 2019. So happy to see that for Connor. Of course, he'll also be at the Indianapolis 500 in May for Andretti Autosport. Right. Here's a tidbit: you know, we we were, were talking about being in Vegas. The racing started early in Las Vegas this week at the dirt track at Las Vegas Motor Speedway with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars and Tom. It's been six years since these words have been uttered, so they've never even been uttered on this program. Donnie Schatz is winless through the first three races of the World of Outlaws season. Stop the presses. It's a travesty.
4: <laughs> why, are, why
1: are we freaking out? It's Donnie driver. freaking Shots. Come on now.
2: Well, I mean, look, obviously it's early. We, we had this discussion last year when – you know, some other folks got started strong down in Florida and everybody was all excited and maybe. And I was among them saying, look, you know, this isn't going to be as easy a year for Donnie. Well, you know, I was wrong um, <laughs> and ate some crow about uh, oh November time. And so, you know, I'm not going to make any predictions this year, but I will say that there comes a point in every driver's career where it just gets a little harder and not to say he won't win 30 races and go win the title or win 20 races and win the title but it just gets a little bit harder as you every year goes by and we got some new blood in the series now it'll be interesting to see where where this goes uh but you know yeah it's uh Kind of a bad start for Donnie. He's only got uh, what ninety-two races or something left to, to yeah, uh, something like
1: that. I think maybe eighty-five or eighty-six, 86 yeah. to go right now. So, so, I, so, I don't uh, think
4: the other drivers think it's a travesty. Yeah. <laughs> I think kind of like, <laughs> no, they <laughs> probably, don't. Well, At
1: least of all, Darren Pittman, he's yeah. leading the outlaw point standings as it sits. And that's right good now. to see too. It is, especially in his new situation yes. with Ross Roth motorsports uh him and uh, Gio selsey actually teammates on the west coast and Gio has had a good start to his west coast swing with a top five run as well in the 83 junior for yep. roth so that's exciting uh and the other big indianapolis 500 news that came out earlier today renewal by wicks filters with dryer and Reinbold racing which will see sage Karam return to the 24 car very good for his fifth run with Dryer and Reinbold at the Speedway. That's always good to see, Tom. And I keep believing every time Sage comes back, he keeps getting a little better and a little better and a little better. Yeah, Maybe he, a little wiser, too.
2: You, you never can count him out in the Indy 500 just because he's not afraid of the loud pedal. And if he stays out of trouble and can finish the race, he's certainly got as good a chance as anybody
1: yes he does and in the final minute of this lightning round we all knew it was coming because kyle bush said during daytona 500 media day it was basically done he just had to sign the paper well he's now signed the paper mars incorporated and kyle bush have signed multi-year extensions with joe gibbs racing we didn't know the specific details from kyle but the head of mars has said that their extension runs for another three years through 2022 tom so uh, we're not seeing this pairing go away for a while
2: no not for a while and uh you know that's uh, apparently a lot of people are still eating candy bars because that's that sponsorship is not cheap so no uh you know but it's great to see they're a great family uh type company and you know it's uh they've been great for the sport and you know obviously that's a that's a pairing much like, you know, STP with Richard or, you know, any of the other iconic driver sponsor pairings. You just associate one with
1: the other. So. Absolutely right. Uh, they, you know, they've started calling Kyle Busch the candy man yeah, in NASCAR. Exactly. And uh, certainly well warranted with between M&Ms and Skittles and Snickers and some of the Mars brands that they've had on that number 18 Toyota Camry over the past couple of years. So a lot of news to unpackage there. And uh, we'll wrap this show up coming up right after this. Stick around.
5: Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're
3: listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, and it is right about time to throw a checkered flag on yeah. this show. Tom, any final thoughts? Any gambles that you want to take in Vegas?
2: Well, we kickstarted the heart just in time to turn it off again.
1: I know the show's <laughs> flown by. Hasn't it has
2: it really has. Yeah, Vegas will be the first. Real test without the racetrack interfering. I mean, Atlanta is a cheese grater. Vegas is not. So this will be the first real test of the uh, full package that NASCAR's instituted. should be fun. I think it will be fun. Can you pick a winner? Um, for Vegas, I mean, th- throw the coin up in the air. Um, you know, I'll just go with Kyle Busch because he just got a sponsor extension and it's a home, uh, home track for him. Chris?
4: I've got three. Burton? Gregson, Larson.
2: Wow. Okay, so of course he picked Truck Race and...
1: Xfinity Xfinity as well.
2: I didn't know we were supposed to do that. Yeah. but
1: uh, Well, he, he just did it because
2: he I
4: could. Got, I, got over- I get extra credit.
1: Yeah, Chris gets extra credit. My cup race pick, by the way, is the other Bush brother. I think Kurt Bush is going to get the Love job done. Love to see done. that happen. So yeah. I, I, after his debut with Ganassi on an intermediate track, I like their odds. So uh, we want to thank our partners at mycomputercareer.edu, HMS Motorsport, and strutmasters.com for what they do to make this show possible, as well as our partners at – PMN and all the folks that go into this. For Tom Baker and Chris Murdoch, I'm Jacob Sealman. keep it off the wall folks and we'll see you at the racetrack till we meet again.
0: You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit RaceChaserOnline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network www.PerformanceMotorsportsNetwork.com a member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section of the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.